The thing about false religion is that it won't be seen as false. That's the thing about being deceived. You don't know you're being deceived when you are being deceived because if you knew it, you wouldn't be deceived. You get it. False religion works in tandem with worldly power to draw people from worship of God and by diverting worship and leaving Christ as the King of Kings out, and that didn't happen yesterday, he was proclaimed King of Kings, without knowing it, people end up worshiping the father of lies, Satan, who is the deceiver. And this beast will be extremely effective. It will perform great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of people. Okay, so we have to be aware of this. Don't believe everything you see, you know, even if it's backed up by a miracle. We are told miracles will happen and we're told, well, some of them will come from Satan. So don't be led astray. So persuasive will be those signs that will deceive the inhabitants of the earth who will then have no hesitation in setting up an image um, in honor of the first beast, which the second beast causes to speak out loud. Imagine that, a statue which can now talk. And it will be so persuasive, so real, that those who refuse to worship it will be killed. And with that sort of pressure, how could you refuse? And then what follows is very frightening, control. It will force all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or foreheads. This technology now exists. Preventing anyone from buying or selling unless you have the mark, the mark. And the key question is, is this talking about now or sometime in the future? Well, in Matthew 24, Jesus spoke of this. He spoke of a time of great distress before the end, during which false prophets would appear, performing great signs and wonders to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. And then Paul, in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter two, we haven't got time to read the whole thing. He said that Christ would not return until, if you keep going, thanks Michelle. Yeah, there you go. Until a man of lawlessness first came, a man doomed to destruction, who would oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God, thank you, or worshiped, so that he proclaims himself to be God. That's Jesus and Paul talking about what's also described here. Now, until now, to my knowledge, there has not been such a person. Although we have to say there have been many throughout the ages who have been very like him, who, if you like, have imbibed his spirit. From Nebuchadnezzar, who set up his statue and demanded people worship it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were thrown in the fire or to the king of Tyre mentioned in Isaiah 14, or Itiochus Epiphanes the fourth, who in 162 BC set up a pig's head in the Holy of Holies in the Jewish temple, or Caesar Augustus or Nero or Domitian who in the time this letter was written demanded worship by everyone in the Roman world. Fast forward to every dictator who has demanded that their portrait be hung in every school, in every office, every meeting room of their country. 
And the point is that just as the Antichrist is coming, but many Antichrists have already come, so too the spirit of this beast is always current in whatever generation is alive until Christ's return. But having said that, it does appear that before Christ returns, the manifestation of this beast will be real and obvious. You won't have to play a guessing game, guessing whether this is the one, and it will be a terrible time for Christ's people. And this is Satan's strategy, an unholy trinity. He, the dragon, has lost, but he is furious and he is waging war on the saints. And he will work through two beasts, worldly power, false religion, who will powerfully work to make veiled or unveiled worship of Satan mandatory. Now, our question is, how is it possible not to be deceived? We say we believe because we know Christ rose from the dead on the third day. But guess what? This beast will have what looks like a fatal wound who after three and a half days will live. How is it possible for us not to be deceived? Verse 18. What's needed is wisdom. Let the person who has insight Calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Now, countless people have read that verse and have asked, who? And indeed, Ellis, he was converted through this verse. You might go and ask him his story afterwards. It is very, very good. <laughs> okay. This verse led to Ellis getting converted. Anyway, people have asked, who is this? Who has this number? That is the wrong question. The question is not who, but what. What sort of number is this number? And we are told the answer. It is the number of man. It is man's number. It is not God's number. It is 666, not 777. So if and when we're asked to worship another, we need to ask, look, is the one we're being asked to worship God or a man? Someone who's trying, approximating themselves to be God. You need the wisdom to ask that question. And the wisdom then to look beyond to the next verse. The first verse of chapter 14. We'll cover this next week, but just to jump in for one verse. John says, and then I looked and there before me was the lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. We need the wisdom to know that beyond the dragon and the beast stands the lamb, the true ruler, the king of kings, the one whose rule is not limited but eternal. We need the wisdom to know that with the Lamb stands a perfect, complete number of the saints, 144,000, 12 times 12 thousands. And to know that with them, they will not ultimately be let down because there is security in the fact that God has determined the number of saints that there will be. There is security in knowing that they will stand with him 
And we need the wisdom and the insight to know that even though Satan, yes, is angry now and is warring against God's sake, saints and we are to expect evil and we may suffer, Satan will not win. He will not defeat those who are bought by God with the blood of the lamb. That's the wisdom we know we need and to take it to heart. Father in heaven, we think around the world of Christian people who are suffering now in the name of Jesus. We think of people known to us, believers, who are wondering why things have happened to them or their families and they have no answer. Father, for them and for us, may we take to heart that Christ has died and he has washed us clean and he has risen and ascended and we are with him, in him, and there is no safer place to be. Help us to have the wisdom to know that beyond this temporal life is an eternity and that that's the goal that you're pushing us towards. And Father, give us the wisdom when we are under pressure the wisdom to remember we belong to the Lamb, crucified, but no longer, because he's risen and ascended. In Jesus' name, amen.